We're back, we're here, and we're ready to be at all things Queen's Park Rangers. Can everyone please remove the razor blades? All right, step away from them. <laughs> Is it that bad? Who knows? Right, tonight I'm joined by just two other QPR fans, because I think everyone else is doing Christmas shopping stuff and having a life. So, James Evans, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. No, pleasure. Thanks for asking. You're, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. And the journalist... The world traveller, the man that is Ian McCulloch. How are you? I'm very well, Paul. Yeah? Lived in Australia for a while, didn't you? I did. Is that the best place to watch QPR sometimes? It wasn't when we were in the Premier League. Ooh. That was a bad move, wasn't it? It was. It wasn't much better watching from here, to be fair. <laughs> it wasn't great. Anyway, um, if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook. You just have to search Open All Hours and things like that there and QPR Podcast and we're all there. And I'm happy to say that our engineer is actually turned up worse dressed than me. Right, okay, Saturday. Let's start. The They feel like post-mortems now, don't they? After every game, you've got to analyse it and you've got to go through it. And it's James, you've made notes. It would be rude not to start with you. Go on. I mean, I've made, made notes and I've written don't be negative because I think I probably always sound a bit negative on this, but... I mean, what's the point? Like, genuinely, what's the point? I'm fed up. I'm fed up a bit about QPR. I know there's bigger things in life and stuff, you know, and the, the world will keep on turning. But, you know, I left early. Yeah, Ian, I'm not a real fan. I left early, so what? And, um, you know, that, that... I've seen... I saw the goal back. Um, um, you know, that one by Pav. It was, it was like the other goals that we got against Brentford. Just a bit fluky. Just hit and hope and see what happens. There's no rearguard action nonsense. You know, we had there was one nice flow of move in the first half, and I think Freeman maybe kind of skied it over, and, and that was the kind of genuinely in that first forty-five minutes, the only thing that I really appreciated. I thought Leeds kind of managed us rather than we played really well. Um, and then, you know, I'm not a massive fan of Matt Smith. He's limited, um, but then a lot of the squad are limited. Um, so, you know, it's it's. I'm, I'm I'm saying negative things in a positive voice, um, mm. but I'm just get I'm just getting a little bit I'm just getting a little bit frustrated with it all. And you know, as some as some bottom line, yes, you support the club. You know, as I've mentioned on this before, my family support QPR about a hundred years now, and so I'm never going to change my club. But at some level, you want to be entertained. It's just not very entertaining. And I think we've had two wins in sixteen matches, which were the Wolves and Sheffield United games, and that it's just not good enough. It do, it doesn't matter who's in charge. It's not good enough. So what normally makes you happy? Just seeing a bit of, you know, trying to get the ball on the floor and knock it about. And that's the, I don't mind if you've got a big guy to hit it to, but like that's what it ends up always becoming. They just always just boot it up to him. And then, I mean, you know, you've bought a lot of wingers and he probably suits wing play and then you don't play wingers. And if you look at that team, barring what, Grant Hall, maybe someone at right back, that's not far away from the strongest 11 we've got. So... Mm. It's it's not it's not very encouraging at the moment, but also you know, in fairness, trying not to be negative. The lads look really short of confidence and need like they need you know they need a win, they need a goal. Uh, but I had a quick look in our away record so far this season because obviously away next we've conceded a goal in every away game we've played. 
Okay. So that's a that's a 100% record we've got going on at the moment. We normally concede to at home as well. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I don't, you know, yes, the players try, they try hard, they care, they get involved, and that's good to see, and it's nice to not have what we had in the recent Premier League years. There is just a bit of a lack of quality. I feel like we've got quite a lot of a League One squad, and the players that should be doing the business, that are the be- better ones, the higher-earning players, they're not up to the task, which is why we are where we kind of where we are. And what's going to happen? I think we are in a relegation fight. If you look at where we finished last year, you know, I think I think that's where we're this this game against Birmingham. I think is really really big for both teams. Massive, as they always say on the radio. Ian, what was your thoughts on Saturday? I thought in the first half we actually played some nice stuff. I think Mackie not being a side helped that. There was some, you know, between the midfield three, they were moving the ball well. And, um, I mean, Luongo stuck one in the top-hand corner. It was ruled off for offside. And you kind of think if he'd have been onside, he would have gone over the bar. But <laughs> I think <laughs> we, are, we are lacking a little bit of confidence. But, I mean, I'm, it's not complete slash your wrist. I think, um, I think tactically... You have to look at some of the decisions the manager's making. Um, I'm not a massive Ian Holloway fan. I didn't really agree with the appointment when he was made, but I don't think he should be sacked. It's pointless. Nothing nothing ever works when you sack a manager this time of year. It doesn't work. You've got how many games coming up in the next sort of two, three weeks? Mm. It's a terrible time to sack a manager. Um, so I guess we're kind of stuck with him. What kind of sticks in my craw a little bit is that we don't really have a plan B. I think this season... I don't really sure what plan A is. Well, plan A is we, we hit it long. If you, mm. Every kickoff, it does my head in. Every kickoff, we get the yeah. ball and Bidwell will put a long one to the wing and invariably go out for a throw in and they, they, we, get, we, we can mm. see possession straight away. But if you look at it, the midfield three are very fit. We've got this kind of system where Smithies kicks it long, we let the other team win the header and then we win the second ball and we build from there that's basically the game plan and Leeds Leeds' midfield were as mobile as ours and midfield three are good but Leeds' midfield three were good as well mm. and they had a, a, a you know a plan B and that was to get the ball out while I get crosses in the box and sure enough the first two goals they scored were yeah. balls in the box and really it's it's about sounding like Gary Neville it's, it's, it's it was know, basic it's basic. Stop it was the, basic stop the source stop the cross and then you know, and Roof scores, he's the smallest player on the pitch and he scores with a header. And you go, well, blame the centre-halves, but if you stop the cross in the first place, then it's simple. And again, you know, Pavel Sharik's a winger, he's not a right-back. Mm. And Darnell Furlong is injured now. But when he was fit, he was on he the bench. He wasn't getting a look Why is he not getting a look Which obviously he, means that it looks like he's going to be a Michael Doughty. He's going to be a League One player. But he played against Sheffield United and he came on when the game was in the balance and did a Superb job. But I think he's. But honestly, I think I don't. If he does have a career, I, know, I might be completely wrong here. What do I know? I just you know I watch football. I don't play it. Um, I prefer him going forward than I do going back. I think he's got more attacking outlets than he does defensively. Yeah, I mean, last year we had that, that good little run of fixtures and we, we we won five out of six, whatever it was. And you know, Darnell and Pavel were playing on the right hand side, and the game at Reading was on. We won. Yeah. They were linked up really well, and it looked like well, this this could be something in the future, but. You know, Holloway pleads patience on that, but where's his patience? You know, players come in, they come out. Washington's in for a game, Silla's in for a game, Smith's in for a game, you know, Wheeler's in for a game, Cousins is in for a game, and you go... I think he picks who he likes. Yeah, and and then the problem is... If you're not liked, you're not getting in. I think think the thing is, I mean, do you know what woke me up on Saturday? There was two things that went... Well, actually, quite a lot of things woke me up on Saturday because I was sober. 
I don't like doing that. Having to watch Rangers sober is 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 just just wrong. <laughs> I, I just I had to had to work on that and just had to stay sober, which is fine. It's your job. It pays a mortgage, but whoa. Some of the things you don't see when you're drunk. We're going to get a very clinical assessment now from you, Finney. No, I'm an idiot. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't even attempt to understand modern football. When people start talking about false number 10s and hmm. uh, go, go to sleep number 9s, I'm like, you lost me. Um, and, and sweeper keepers. Well, what the frig is that about? Anyway, is if I'm in Silla's head, I would be saying to him, look, you're not getting enough games. That's a given. So when you get on that pitch... Kind of show yourself to be the player that would... Because there is a player in Silla. And that chance at the end, it was just like, mm. man, what is wrong with you? Yeah. You know, you, Jesus. I mean, if that doesn't sum up our season, I don't know what does. I thought he swallowed a bit there. He looked at the keeper instead of the ball and saw the keeper come out and kind of... He gave it one, didn't he? he I think it. so. But I mean, again, like, Washington frustrates me because I see Washington. There's a player in there. There was one stage, like, the ball over the top, he's killed it beautifully. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I know and, exactly when you mean. And then... He's kind of thinking, what should I do now? And then it's, That's I think confidence, squared it. It's confidence. But the problem is, if you say to Washington, Connor, you're going to play the next 10 games. You're going to start next 10 games. There we go. Yeah. You're not going to be dropped. Go out there, do what you do. And that's what Holloway's supposed to be about. He's supposed to be about giving players confidence in this. Absolutely. But he's volatile. He'll change his mind about this and that. Yeah, but then you've also got the thing that I really, really, really got me going. And I, I almost went into. Anyone who's in, into um, Carnegie Street, a Jim McDonald rant, as I recall, he talked about earlier on. Oh, I just could not believe what I was saying. When he brought um, Bright Samuel on and he came on as a winger, and five minutes later, he's as a right wing back, right back, whatever you want. And it's just like, Jesus, he hasn't played for a wee while. Mm. You've brought him on as a winger, and immediately, within five minutes, you've changed his whole game. Just let the lad play where he plays. Exactly. I, I really like, I think he's bombed Manning out, but I mean, oh, Sunderland away, Manning played left wing back and did really well. Yeah. He's was a run of games and it was in and like, well, like you know, and then he bombs him out it, again. And it, I it, mean, there was a fantastic tackle by Bidwell um, in that first half, mm. wasn't it? Which is brilliant. But it'd be interesting to see once the defence is back as, as well as it could be. Is Robin, Where's Robinson going to go? Is Robinson going to go left back? Because we signed him as a left back. I think he's done enough to keep his, his face I mean, there. I'd keep him there. He's done. Would you he's keep done. him there? What, yeah. Move Ned to right back and then no. If, if, he's a, if, he's a stick, if he's in a stick with you three, I've, I, don't, I think we've we've been sussed on that. I don't think that works. The three, personally, I don't think it works. Well, it doesn't work if you keep losing matches. I mean, the thing is, uh, well, most of the stuff. Well, he's we're obviously. Doing I, I can I can see why he's doing it because he wants to keep going. Uh, Luongo and, and Freeman in the, but this in the is, middle are they, I feel like they're, they've sort of oddly become undroppable but I feel like Freeman and Luongo both hold on to the ball a little bit too long there are moments when Washington may, I'm not like number one champion for Washington but there are moments when Washington makes a one that suits his game and Freeman or Luongo will make a turn or turn in or turn out and go to the wide where it's like we never play a vertical ball in the, in the middle of the pitch we never do it's always a cross or mm. over or up why can't we just play something from the yeah. centre circle? That, that's fair. When we have done so that, just, when we have done that, we've scored. Like it's like you know the game against Wolves, where it's not rocket science. Yeah, was a, I think I think mm. the, 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 the the overriding thing I get is we are suffering from confidence. It's been drained, that's but I true. don't think you get confidence from playing people in the wrong position. I mean, mm. you know, if you actually looked at us in isolation at times, and you're thinking, why are we playing Pavel as a as, as a you know wing back? when he's clearly a winger, why playing Bidwell, who's clearly very limited with crossing and pace in, in the position that he's doing. It's, it's, it's unbalanced. The whole squad is on. I mean, yeah. it, the, the, the club always say, and everyone says, we've we got, you know, 
money problems. We're, we're doing this, we're doing that. We've already signed two players and three transfers, and that's going and um, Batiste. Batiste, yeah. So, but the squad ain't small though, is it? It's flipping the huge. Ridiculous. You know, and you've even got, against you, Leeds, you, you, we looked a big you've squad. Got, like, you've got like Cousins. It's like right back. Then he's two games and he's dropped. Give the fellow a chance. Cousins a centre mid. But so, so I didn't think he did. I didn't think he was that bad at right back. He wasn't. He's been out he's, for a long time. He's, he's been, been no job. worse than anyone else you know, we've had there. I was quite the Charlton fans when he played at Charlton. He started off as a right back. Oh, oh, really? Did a four and did well and played well. But you can't. A guy's been out for what nine, ten months. Yeah. But did it was put him in and then go right? You're out again. So every player mm. is coming into the side. It's all like you've got one game unless you score or you you have a world. You do something. Yeah. So are we saying then that what Ian needs to do um, is pick his eleven? Is bench because you can. The other thing is our substitutions. You can tell as soon as the ball goes up, oh, he's coming on for him, and, da, 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 and it's like you just know when Mackie plays, he's coming off at sixty-five minutes. Blah blah blah. Mackie shouldn't be in any of the starting lineup. Well, and you, you know, th- you think to yourself, right? Okay, should he pick eleven players, give them the Christmas games, five games, six games, whatever, to try and do something to get consistency in the side? And he's asking us to have, as you said, patience and stay for the team and perhaps he needs to pick the same players build confidence mm. I mean I'd, I feel quite good at for Manning I, I don't think he deserves to be out of the squad I think his mm. his confidence is fragile I think Dalel Furlong's confidence must be shut to pieces because you know he was he, he came on in the Premier League he did his best against Sanchez had an absolute you know there's no way he's going to be able to do that come back from it he's a strong character he's a oh, strong lad I don't think that he's a He'd have learned more from that experience than well, they got done yeah, more than likely. Yeah. But then the palace. But the, the problem is, you talk about you know the fans destroying the confidence. Look, I'll be fair. I I think the fans have been okay. You get the abuse you get on Twitter is way more than you hear at the ground. You do get the old grumblings on that, yeah. but I mean, yeah. you know, compared to what it was when poor Chris Ramsey's manager and the fans, you know, you don't know what you're doing. And Holloway gets a fair ride. He gets he, he gets, gets a fair ride. He gets quite an easy ride. To he be gets honest. quite an easy ride. There's no, which is a good thing, you know. You, you know, no one wants to see your team boot off at the end and the manager no, giving of a few to every decision. But at the same time, you you can't keep chopping and changing who's playing, who's not playing. No. Wheeler, Wheeler, play him. He scores. He scored at Middlesbrough. And we've never seen again for another month. But and, the, the, and then also you got well, what you do is you put you play Wheeler away up front, and like I know he may have done that a little bit, extra, mm-hmm. but he's not. He's again, he's a wide man. Yeah, another one is Jenny. You know, a guy who paid a lot of money for. I don't think he's played two games in a row. Stick, stick him up. I mean, to the, be the, fair, the, the problem, it, the problem mm-hmm. we've got, but you don't, you can't. It's a small sample size for a guy. You go, well, he's played what fifteen games in QPR. Yeah, you know, but at least a guy will have a shot. You'll never, you'll, uh, I mean, you will never. I don't think we'll ever find out if he's any good. I'd stick him up front. I think he's, he's got just going to get. He's got a bit of movement. I think he'll get binned he'll off. Shoot. He'll I shoot. think he'll get binned but off. It's very hard to. It's very hard to just to bin off. A, that's, that's the thing as well. Like people go oh, sell Washington, sell this. You, you can't sell guys unless someone wants to sell them. Well, I said it. To write off a two point five million pound player at one point, it's a lot of money to write off. You've well, got you, to, if, how long have we had him for now? Who two seasons or one and a half seasons? Yenny. He signed in the transfer window of the summer transfer window of last season. Okay. So and they've paid a lot of money from. He's not been given it. He hasn't really. You know, he scored that goal against Cardiff where he came off the bench and leathered it in the top round corner. Yeah. And you go, that's what I want to see. <laughs> come on, run at someone and have a crack. But the trouble is, when he has played, and I've, I've only missed one game this season, which is Bolton away, he's, he's not. Whether it's he's feeling the love for the manager or what, he's just not feeling anything on the pitch. He's, he, he's running like a headless chicken sometimes. Yeah, but you know, he played him in centre midfield in the game and you go and hooked him at half time. I mean, that's, how's that going to affect his confidence? But yeah, exactly. I'm, position, I'm doing my best, and, but I'm obviously not a centre midfielder and he hooks him. But then that goes down to sometimes I feel that when Ian. I, 
I don't know these things. I'm not in the inner circle of QPR, but I kind of get the impression the way Ian does things. And certainly from when he was at Millwall and when he had a bad time at Leicester and stuff, you know, he, 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 he'll put his head together at the start of the week. Come the Friday afternoon, he'll maybe have a little bit of a panic attack mm. and it starts changing it around. Because sometimes the Rangers players look totally baffled and confused at what they're supposed to be because doing. That's what he does, Holloway. He has a couple of good games where he gets a couple of good results yeah. and he thinks he's Rhinus Meekles and starts <laughs> things around and he's like, wow. and Google it if you don't know. You know, and, and it's kind of you know <laughs> quite, and I like that. To be, to be fair to him, he's the, the midfield three has has worked this season and I think moving Robinson into middle has been a, a kind of a fortunate kind of Discovery. Yeah. You know, and I think, well I, I think Baptiste has been for a free signing has been, you know, we talk about Clint Hill now. I think Baptiste has been has I, done as well as Clint Hill. From what I've seen of Baptiste, I think he's played enough. I'd have him over Lynch. The only thing about yeah. Baptiste he gets he, he, he gets drawn way right sometimes. Now yeah. that could be a game playing a winger as a as yeah. a as a as a fullback type thing. He gets drawn over, so then when the ball comes in. But then that's what worries me is that we're so predictable and Teams come to players like Leeds that didn't really have that much of a plan. They just knew what we were going to do. And they, they, they just broke us up in midfield because we have got a damn good midfield. Mm. The defence is fragile, but the forward line has shot to pieces. I mean, you can see that on, on Saturday. Like They just they want to give it to each other to have a go. Even, mm. even though it's slagged off Silla and that there, but it's like I've just said, he, he, that's typical of a QPR striker. They just—they're not playing by instinct. They're not playing by what they're, they're thinking, overthinking things. Possibly they're not in confidence. You know, and you would have thought you'd beaten Wolves, you'd beat Sheffield United. We should be flying. No, we go and get smashed. You know, it's—it's, it's, and that's a hard one. And I just think tactically, we need to—we need to raise our game massively for Saturday because Saturday, when they want cut all out, right? They—they they don't like him, right? So that's good. So if we can go down there, and smash one in early, we've got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. They've scored 10 goals this season. They don't score goals. No. You know, look, and but, luckily we fly them in every five minutes. You know, but, you know, they've got... I'm not sure if he's playing, but that boy used to carve us apart for Brentford. Yota, he plays for him, and you kind of think he hasn't really... Yeah, he's a the good player. in there, but it's kind of, you think, oh, you know, he's... Yeah. I mean, really, again, with Holloway, you can't lose clumps of games. We had mm. six... He's so streaky. You know, six he's last so year, streaky. Six, like, you know... And we haven't we haven't won in what six or seven yeah, now. I think the, 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 away, the, the away record is it, yeah it's unlikely. But I mean it, we are have been picking points away from home and played okay away from home. And we you know I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll hark on the sun on the, again because the only away game I've been to this year. But we played well and you know, they scored from twenty five yards. Yeah, and you, you go you know what can you do? To be honest, I was at that game as well, and that's the worst atmosphere I've ever seen hmm. for a home match Sunderland fans are on their knees their team is diabolical yeah. and we couldn't beat them we couldn't beat Bolton and maybe that's the problem we're having as well we're not beating those around us and that worries me which that's but I think we're on a, I think we're on a par with them that's sort of that's the worry I think we're the eight, I think eight the, we're the bottom quarter with an 18th to 24th group in, if you're going to split it into sixes that's sort of how I see us sort of I see us if you look at kind of just the the quality that we've got um, say, say that, say that we. Who would? How many players in the QPR squad would other teams in the league, other teams in the league want to buy? Um, Smithies. There's not a lot. Uh, Freeman, Scone, maybe Luongo. Luongo. Um, but it's what. What worries me is how much we get for our strikers because we're paying an awful lot of money for them, and I'd be you're scratching five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand yeah. max on what you're going to get back for them. You're not going to get. Washington will probably go for a couple hundred thousand if you're lucky. 
Yeah, Silla, I don't know what his reputation is like in France. I have no idea. So you're hoping it's better than what it is here. Otherwise, we could be in trouble trying to but recoup that money. The guy's got a reasonable scoring record for QPR. I just don't think Holloway fancies him. And in fairness, like you said, when he comes on, sometimes sometimes he looks up for it. Other times he just looks like he's wandered onto the pitch by accident and doesn't want to be there. Well, I went to Forest, and to me... Sorry about just, that. <laughs> you're right. It wasn't your fault. Uh, I, I got, I, I, someone said, do you want to go? I went, no, we're going to lose. So mm. I didn't. Which that's so bad. I know that's so bad. I was saying, I, I literally, I've got op- other options that day. I'll give it a miss. <laughs> well, I talked myself in the gun. So and he looked to me. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, but he looked to me like he wanted to come off at half time. He just was shouting at everyone. He's shouting at the bench, and then lo and behold, <coughs> he, you know, he, he does. You know, and it's just kind of like there's something wrong. There's deeply something wrong that we need to. I mean. I thought after Sheffield, after Wolves, we would bounce back, we would move on, we would become Fortress Loftus again, because that's what we need to be. And anything you get away from home is a bonus. But the way is, uh, waveform is, is, is now just turned into an absolute curse. It's not even a monkey on your back, it's a freaking curse that you're kind of happy if you don't get... And it, I, th- I, think that's, I think that's something to do in, in, with the way that we play. The way that we play, it's just not... It's just not working. Some, something is. I think we seem to every now and then happen upon a win. And do I find really depressing? And I'll be honest with you. I know that sounds. You know, I know I saw your face there. I know that sounds really, really negative. But like, because like the, the Wolves and Sheffield United games came, came out of the blue, didn't they? No, not really. No. I, I, I feel like they did. And I yeah. after the was it was it Sheffield United was the night game, wasn't it? That was genuinely. Like, I was like, that's that's my favourite win of the season, and it absolutely yeah. was. But then. It feels like we're we're rudderless again. But like, look look at how many different opinions all of us have got, and how many different issues we're all picking up about the squad, about the team, about the player. This isn't good. Whatever the situation is, like, sorry, uh, that's sort of how I, I, I think. S- I think no, I think you've been a little bit harsh there. I mean, the wins at home, Ipswich, they're very good. Reading at home, they're very good. And from some, you know, August to October, we, we're all right. You know, we've had a, yeah, we're all I'll right. Give them a leave pass for the Forest game because. That playing Wolves and Sheffield United on Tuesday, they were on their knees in that last five minutes, both of the players. Three games in a week, limited squad. Yeah, I'll three games and three games in a week. Everyone plays three games in a week. We got the, one of the biggest squads in the league. Yeah, but it's just this is. But, but it was. I feel like this is classic excuses that we roll out. Forty-four games he's had in charge. He's lost twenty-two. Yeah, he's getting he's getting an, he's getting get an easy ride. Yeah, that's true. That is actually true. I mean, his, his stats are shocking. I mean, to... Hasselbank got sacked after 43. Mm. And I'm not calling for Ian Holloway to be sacked because... But I feel like the reason why we're not getting rid of him is because we got rid of loads of managers previously in the winter months. And it works. And, well, no, it probably, it probably doesn't. But, but I mean... I mean you, look, you look at Bristol City. Bristol City were in a similar vein to what we were now. They held firm, kept their manager in our third. You can't keep changing your manager mid-season. You can't. You can't. It, doesn't, it doesn't work. Every year you do. I, I don't disagree with that. But like, I was thinking about how well Burnley are doing right with Sean Dyche. So in a dream scenario, obviously Lee Hughes, Burnley in the past, helped turn them around in that respect. Ian Holloway has got a long heritage with this club and stuff, and he's done a lot of good. I'm not denying any of this. But in an in a ideal scenario, everything works out for Ian, which I hope it does. Do we then expect him to replicate that? I don't think he's got it in him anymore. I, I, I agree. I, I do agree. And I think it was pertinent when he was appointed 
Ferdinand come out and said, at this moment in time, he's the right manager for us. And I think he is. Just in terms of what he is and the firefighting and just kind of, here's your squad, you've got to make do with what you've got. And I think when you have got a better squad and you're a better team, you get a manager in who's better than say you want. But, but squad- I just don't agree with, like, you know, we've sacked... Hughes went in November, Ramsey went in November, Harry went in November. You know, you can't... And what, what, where are we? We're no better off... It's some, you know, they, from November to Feb, they all went, what's the point? like, the last five, and, six And managers. has it worked? The, yeah. I, mean, I, didn't, I don't like Warnock's personality, but he's a fantastic manager, um, and he did brilliant for us. Um, that, was the, that was kind of the whale that we missed recently, because there was a power play outside of, obviously, the managerial position. That, that was, you know, because... Everything else that goes on at QPR is a mess anyway. Forget the, the, what happens on the pitch. So the, oddly, the easiest thing to figure out almost seems that bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that was a real big opportunity I to be missed. He would have been able to turn it... I, I'm not a massive fan of Warnock, but look... If look, you're, if you're look, doing to do what you want to do with the football club moving forward, you don't want it, and you don't want Warnock anywhere near it. They're trying to build forward. But know, say, Warnock, so, Warnock gets a massive easy ride. He gets a huge easy ride. They talk about Hughes. Hughes quite rightly gets castigated for Boswinga and you know the likes of that. But I mean, who signed Rob Hulse for a million pounds? Who signed Luke Young who was crippled? Who signed Sean Wright Phillips? Who signed Joey Barton? Who won the league? Who signed Anton Ferdinand? Everyone forgets about that. Do you know what I mean? Tony Founders came in late in August. That's when the that's when the funds were available. It was like going to it was like going to Poundland when everyone else has spent money at Westfield. The manager has the final word on who he signs. Absolutely. Okay. Joey Barton was a board signing. It wasn't a Warnock signing. I can tell you didn't that. Didn't say no, though, did he? I, I can tell you that for a fact. Because Barton was the reason why Warnock walked. Because Barton would not even train with the team. Can okay, I? that's that, that's that's a fact. I thought he was sacked. The, the, um, he was sacked, but Barton wouldn't even train for him. He just wouldn't do anything he said for him. He, but, but Warnock would not have had Barton. That was a a bold decision to start getting big names into the club to show that we mean business. Because the takeover was late. They panicked. They brought in players who they thought were big names. Everything that Burnley did that is right, QPR did that was wrong, if you kind of get what I'm mm. saying. And Warnock, yeah, he did sign some absolute dot. But then again, he won the league. And you can't deny that. Of course, yeah. You know, we won the league and we played probably some of the best football I've ever seen down there. Now, you could argue that's because he was lucky and Adele was there. And to be honest with you, being an absolute moron not to use that player, the best player. I'll tell you what, what I wouldn't give for Heider Helgerson. Yeah. of that age in this squad now he would be head and shoulders our first yeah. striker but remember his first two years everyone said he was a waste of money he's a crop absolutely I was at Barnsley away once and he was getting absolutely absolutely that's, but he that's it, true but, but you know it. that kickoff that we do which we used to do with mm. Derry used to ping it Hyder would win it yeah we've not got he anyone he was a good player he think, was a good player ever he's played the thing, yeah. the thing what Warnock did brilliantly was he played the board at the time which is Paladini Briatori and all that sort of thing where they're saying I've got these players he's gone don't I've got these ones are better he knew the championship inside out look what he's doing with Cardiff uh, he would have come in now he could have stabled things for then someone to come in and take it forward which is what I thought they were doing with Ian where they're bringing Ian back to stable the ship so someone else can come on but this ship is sinking and my worry is if, if we do end up in League One when you're two leagues away from I said it last, week, last week's pod you're two week, leagues away from the Premiership nice plug yeah <laughs> Everything, yeah, we need a plug. Everything becomes a different, different game altogether because the money. Don't forget, we're still massively in debt. I don't really understand this. We're not in debt. We are in debt. We're still in debt, and we still have debt. Every football club's in debt. Exactly. But you know, two leagues away, big investors. It's you know, playing the likes 
going to uh, Charlton. I'm not. I'm, I'm slagging them well, off. We're not going to go down. We're not Ian, do you down. think in an ideal world that you don't know Holloway that. keeps us up, and then you'd like him to go? Do you know what? I've done. Yeah. I'll, I'll move on. Thank you. That's because, but the thing is, I think if they gets to a point where he gets to a level in the league, is the argument? Well, Ian's now had this time. Ian Holloway, and then you take the considerations that he gets an easier ride. Does he then get the time to buy his players? And then I don't know. I mean, I don't think you can discount the fact that the amount of defenders that have been injured. I think that has to be a mitigating thing. I mean, I knew a Hall, Lynch, Lynch. I mean, everyone being in the same. I mean, that's you, you, you know, when you've got right backs playing in the centre half, and you make. You know, Begsealand and Byron. We, we've done a lot better than we thought. That's true. Those guys for a while. He could have signed someone in the summer. And also, as you said about those runs of six losses last season, we can't forget that's yeah. still Ian Holloway as mm. the manager. The thing, the thing is, it's like we're going to go to Warren Neal in a second to have a little bit of a happy place. Talk about happier times. I listened to Sean Dyche, and I like what he says in a lot of ways because he, he just calls it as is. He goes, ah, four four two, get your best players in the pitch. Give it a go, see what happens. And he, he's not bigging himself up, but what he's done at Burnley is amazing. And we just... They have a blueprint. I don't... The, the, we don't yeah, even... but the expectation levels at Burnley aren't as high as LQPR. Do you think so? Well, they got relegated. In our expectations this season was to finish mid-table at best and well, be really happy with that. It's December. Who say we can't finish mid-table? This team will not finish mid-table reckon, the way they're going. I reckon you... I reckon... We've got some good players in this squad. We're, we're in mid-table. Where so. are they? Well, you're a team that beat Wolves. You didn't think that was a good side. Wolves. I'm not so, saying they're a great side, but they're a competent but, side. But, I mean, that, but that's okay. So there's, that's two matches out of what twenty. Well, good against Ipswich. They're good against Reading. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they've, they've, they've not been terrible this season. So what do you? They're terrible at the moment. They're not playing well at the moment. They're short of confidence. But I mean, this kind of every time Rangers lose, it's a disaster, and every time they win, it's kind of going to be in the playoffs. No, I agree with that one. You I know, mean, the expectations that, that, that are different to here. Sean, Sean Dyche wouldn't be able to get away with like just play four four two and knock it long, and that's what we do. No. We wouldn't because we live in this. We're like West Ham and that kind of. But it has to be pretty football. We need the Dells. We need number tens and all that. I don't know. I think. I think everyone says it's a fan's expectations too high. I don't think this season they were. It was finished above relegation zone. Rebuild, 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 rebuild. rebuild. We lost to Cardiff away. We had a good start to the season. We lost to Cardiff away, and everyone was knives out. Well, it was the worst thing in the world. We lost away to Cardiff. It was August. Every time we lose, everyone's just waiting to sit there and go. Oh, everyone's got to go with this shit. This and that. You know, it's. I do agree there are certain people who I... I if, look... if we are where we are in March, then fair enough, you can say, all right, we might go down. But the fact of the matter is... Where did we finish last season? If we'd have lost... That's last to... season, though. We're not talking about last season. Yeah, but, but I'm going on... Most of the squad's the same. Last season, we, we ended badly. We had a really bad last dozen games. We had a little spell at the beginning that wasn't bad, and it's fallen away again. Yes, we've had that injuries. That's entirely down to the manager changing the team around, and I will, uh, he should be. It's, and it's, the, it's the same guy the whole time. That, that basic, so, my opinion isn't we should get rid of him because whatever. Like, literally, I, I don't care. That's how I feel about it all. But, like, at this point in time, I can't see us sustaining anything to be boring enough to be mid table because everything, we're all talking about just constant change. That's not just not gonna. Everything changes. <laughs> Take that. Um, it, like with our squad, it does. Like whatever the you don't know what's gonna this start the what's it Harry Redknapp Tom Bowler. It is a bit like that. So all of that doesn't fill me with confidence that we could finish twelfth. It makes me think that we're eighteenth, nineteenth. We could go a couple of places higher. We could go a couple of places lower. 
that's sort of how right, I feel. Before we speak to War Neil, my last input in this is quite simple. Win some freaking games of football, whether it be home, whether it be away. Mm. You don't do that, you get relegated. You win two games in a row, the world's a different place. That's the championship. Everyone beats each other. If, we, if we win two games in a row in the next five games, it will be a different place. Yeah. It will be called Jesus time because it'll be a freaking miracle. You know, and that's not no, down I to... that was like a seasonal joke. No, because <laughs> the conference is wrong. Um, the substitutions are just sometimes gobsmackingly awful. And... I don't know why that's because Ian hasn't got any fear from the players. He's not listened to Bircham or whatever is going on with the coaching staff or whatever. I don't know. But we've got massive problems. Stick your head in the sand and say, I'll be grand. Come March, we, if we're still in the same position, come March, we could be completely adrift. We haven't won an away game for almost a year. It's not good enough. Despite what everyone can say, we can use injuries to not win an away game mm. this length of time. Shocking. The litmus test isn't beating Birmingham. It's beating someone else away. If we win at the weekend, fantastic. I think it will be a draw based on the form. We haven't got to that bit of the show yet. But anyway, listen, let's go and talk to Warren Neal. Find a happy place for five or ten minutes so we don't lose every single listener we've got. And um, I'm never coming back on. I missed the moment. It's not you, James. It's, oh, it's, it's me. It is. Jeez, I feel like I need to counsel this man. Right, I'm going to phone Warren Neal. In the meantime, I'm going to counsel James. Right. Warren, thank you so much for appearing on the QPR podcast. I've been trying to get you on for ages, and today I got round to it. And thank you so much for agreeing to come on. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. You're welcome, mate. And we're with um, Ian and James, and I'm going to let Ian start the questions. Hello, Warren. How are you, mate? Hello. Um, I guess you know you were at QPR from you know from a youth team player into into the first team. Just you know your memories of breaking into the squad from you know what were you a, were you a teenager when you when you debuted? Yeah, 17, yeah, 1980. Wow. Uh, I came on at uh, Stamford Bridge against Chelsea in a 1-1 draw. And uh, Tommy Doherty was a the manager then. And, uh, yeah, I was there from 13 years of age and, you know, uh, watched the great team of the 70s, which uh, inspired a lot of us who were there at the time as kids because they were great players and uh, you wanted to be like them. And uh, maybe that's why we had quite a few in my my era come through into the first team what was it like I mean after Tommy Dock left um, Terry Venables sort of came in a few years after what, what was it like being being managed by him um, well it was good I was, I was still with the youth team then and uh, Terry brought in George Graham who was doing the youth team at the time and uh, so I had a season with him and then sort of got filtered into the first first team again more regular you know uh, obviously when you're young you don't want to be well, they don't sort of throw you in straight away for a full season because it takes a bit, a bit of getting used to, especially in those days. And uh, so you were slowly introduced at the right time and, um, you know, give yourself some confidence. And obviously with Terry, it was all starting to build up and uh, everyone sort of got into his way of playing and his way of thinking. And, uh, you know, it reaped benefits for a lot of us. And how different was it when, when when Terry left and Mullery came in? Was did the whole climate around the club change? Uh, yeah, it was always going to be different because we we still felt you know we were going places. You know, we just got into Europe, and uh, we were just thinking, what's the next level now? You know, how how far can we get for you know relatively small club? You know, uh, to do so well and be up there with the big boys and you know top London club for X amount of years. And uh, we just wanted it to keep snowballing, and obviously it was a, you know, it was a bombshell when Terry went. 
and uh and obviously alan took over for a little while but he soon went with terry and then um that's alan harris that is who, yeah. who i just heard uh last week uh passed away yeah terrible news which is very sad yeah um he was a great great rangers man and he was really good for us youngsters as well but going back to what you really said with te- uh terry leaving uh alan coming i think whoever came in um was on a hiding to nothing you know but he just let us play the same way uh as terry did to start with but yeah i don't think he liked terry and his ways and uh <laughs> the, the older players knew that and you know it, it it was always clashes and it was always going to be, you know, the players would win. The, the question I want to ask, because I asked Peter Hooker this question, I just want to ask yourself, what happened in the Belgrade game, both home and away? Because that was some lead to chuck in the bin. It was. Um, obviously, the first game, it was sort of our, you know, it was a tough game for us, even though we won 6-2. It was a tough game. They were quite good. They were very, they were very good side. They were very physical. They would, you know, they would pinch you, pull your hair. It was just a new, something we'd not been used to. And, uh, you know, to come out 6-2 was great. Unfortunately, that night I got sent off. And uh, I, I missed the re- the replay, although I did go. But, um, no, the atmosphere wasn't great when we was out in Belgrade. And, you know, you could just smell it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to go well for us. Was it 4-0 at halftime in that game? No, no, it, uh, they 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 scored at all the right times. They scored early on and they scored just before half-time. Uh, we was in the stand with a rep looking after us and he said if Rangers were winning, uh, we couldn't come out for the second half. We had wow. to stay in the dressing room. It was really <laughs> hostile and I'm, I've never seen nothing like it. But anyway, they scored just after half-time and then... 10 minutes from the end, so all, all the right times they scored and uh, we, we just couldn't cope. And, and what happened in the plane the way back? Because I heard that was a wee bit lively. Can you remember that trip the way back? Uh, I do. Well, it, it happened at the end of the... It started at the end of the game where uh, the manager thought we were still in the competition he didn't realise we went out on away goals. No! <laughs> and as we came off, he was... Uh, he was preparing for extra time and the, all the players were going, what are you on about? You know, we're out. And then, uh, then yeah, things didn't get, you know, go too well on the plane after. There was a lot of um, animosity towards him and a bit of chat, mainly from, from the older lads, you know. Uh, but, um, yeah, and that really sealed his fate, I think. Was it, was it fair to say him and Simon Stainwell didn't see eye to eye? I would say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So do you think that do you think Christmas cards were not um, forthcoming after that? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, because Peter Hooker sort of doesn't hold back on him either. To be fair, I mean, which is a shame because Alan was a Notting Hill boy. He was a QPR fan. It should have worked. <sighs> Typical Rangers, as some would say. Now, what about the time? You know, you, you witnessed some great times at Rangers when you think about it, woman. You were there. You know, you had the um, eighty-two Cup final. I mean, that that must have been one of the most amazing things ever. Oh, it was, especially especially for me, like being that age and just seeing it all, you know, it started from really for me, like uh, scoring the goal at Middlesbrough mm-hmm. uh, in the third round um, and then the quarterfinal against Palace was scoring, Clyde scoring in the last sort of couple of minutes 
And then the semi-final I didn't play in, but watching it was the most nervous I've ever been at a game. And, oh. you know, and they were a top side, West Brom at the time. So to yeah. to win that, it was like unreal. But I was just glad and happy for the club, the players, and obviously being in the squad, I didn't think I was going to play in the replay, but it just luck would have it. I got a game and, uh, yeah, it was it was great. And you could see the way the lads were, the confidence, because, again, Tottenham were a top side then as well uh, with a lot of great players and you know to go and give them a good game over you know two games if, again gives you confidence and you know we went up the next year In quite style. comfortably yeah, exactly yeah. and then yeah. of course we went on then to have some of the most amazing years what, what was what was it like when you left Rangers at that time what, what was the build up to that did you know the rank was on the wall or just did it come out of the blue uh, I thought it was and you know it uh, Jim come in and um, I, I, I clashed a lot with him. He, okay. Different styles to Terry and obviously I was, I was a bit older then and uh, uh, we could clash. Although he still played me a lot of times, you know, Jim. And uh, But he was just different. He was a shouter and a screamer and a lot of the players then weren't having it. The older ones like John Gregory and that. So they, they parted company, most most of our squad, to be honest. But he built another good squad, you know, we got to the Milk Cup final, we, you know, we, we still had decent players there, but uh, I think I got a bit stale, to be honest, and uh, my performances weren't great, and I was arguing more with the manager, and uh, I could see the writing was on the wall. Yeah. See, I don't know, I, I always remember you and Dawsey as being, you know, only, only surpassed really by Wilson and Bars is some of the best fullbacks I've had at Rangers, so... If you if you thought your form dipped, I don't think many people in the terrace have seen that. Warren, if I'm being brutally honest with you, I thought you were outstanding fullback for us. It, thank you very much, but it was it was just how I felt. I felt every every week was a battle with the manager, and it, it does take its toll on you. You know, you keep arguing, you know, every on every little thing, and um, I don't think I've done myself justice at the end. And we had a massive argument uh, on tour. And when I got back, he said, I'd never kick a ball for Rangers again, so I had to go. Oh. When was that? Was that 88? That was, might have been just before that, 87, 87, I think. So was that the last year on the plastic pitch? Was that your last? Uh, yeah, yeah, it probably was, yeah. The beautiful plastic pitch. Yes. <laughs> Old bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> bouncy, bouncy, yeah. Like it's a shame, one because you give the club so much. It's a shame that you you left in that note, like, and then you, obviously you came back to work as a coaching capacity as well. Sometime later, was that was that a bit weird? Um, not not so much weird. I mean, I, I had to retire pretty early because of back problems, which probably arose from the plastic pitch. Mm. Uh, but no, I, I I knew I couldn't continue at Portsmouth where I was. Uh, I had six good years there and um, the next logical thing was to try coaching and uh, I really enjoyed my time there at Rangers and uh, you know it was like when I when I left there when they closed the academy it was another kick in the teeth really mm. Mm. but the worst the worst day I had in football was, was leaving Rangers that was that was really hard the first time you know when you were at Portsmouth were you there when Jim Smith came back yes <laughs> <laughs> So I thought I was going somewhere else, but uh, he changed. He he knew how to handle me, and he was really good to me in the end. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Not, not at first. He left me out. <laughs> it's, it's a strange. 
Sorry, Warren. Um, it, it, sorry, the first seven games he left me out and then he put me in and he left, never left me out for a couple of years and he was all right. <laughs> That's not bad. Jim was a weird character because I don't really think Rangers fans took to him brilliantly. Yet his actual record, when you actually look at it afterwards, wasn't actually that bad. In first no, he, he, he got a good squad together and, um, you know, he was a motivator and, uh, you know, if he, if he had Frank coaching and uh, Peter Shreves at the time as well. Mm. You know, there was a lot of good information and uh I say we it wasn't the same, you know, the the atmosphere under Terry and the players was so close, everyone was so together. It, I've never been in nothing like that, but the, the lads were still good at that time. But um no, the best time for me was under Venice. And um, have you got a, have you got like uh before you go, have you got like an Alan McDonald story for us playing with it because you played quite a while with the big man, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. But what? Apart from trying to get in the toilet at half time because he was having a fag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's happened a few times because we only had two little toilets in the in the, in the ground. So half time when everyone wanted to go, all you'd see is a puff of smoke coming over the top of the toilet. <laughs> but he was a great lad, Mac. I've obviously known him since he was come over at fifteen years of age. You know. That was a hell of a youth and, uh, team you'd have played with then, wasn't it? All those. Yeah, he was a little bit younger, uh, but yeah, he he came through in the youth team. But he, I think he went out to Charlton for a while. That's when right. I was in, went in the team, and then he came back, and uh, well, the rest is history. He's a great servant for the club. He loved the club, and he loved life as well. He was a bit of a practical joker as well, wasn't he? And um, didn't mince his words with um, people he didn't like. That's for sure. No, no, he. he but he, he he wasn't nasty or nothing like that. He was a lovely fellow, Macca. No, no, but, and, but, yeah, exactly. Uh, that was one. That was the biggest biggest shock ever when when he passed away. It was shocking. I still remember that day when I got the phone call. Actually, it was just horrible because he was only yeah. still in his forties, and I don't know. But he was so underrated, wasn't he, as a defender as well? Like, hit, 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 yeah, because Macca wasn't you know, God, but he wasn't the quickest in the world, so he had to read the game. He would battle with anyone. He was tough as anyone. And he could play when he got the ball. And what a gent you know. off the pitch as well. Yeah, of course he was, you know. Especially if he had a nice drink in his hand, he was even better. <laughs> we, we used to meet sometimes at the Red Lion in Hillingdon when he lived up there. And uh, you know, I'll always be in there while if you're passing. Red Lion, Hillingdon. I will make a point of coming in and buying you a pint, big man. Don't you worry about that. But the good thing about I mean, it, it seemed that that squad, I mean, you had Macca and that there, they, 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 they seemed to get on so well on and off the pitch. I remember the old open days and the players were really tight and the players were really close. And what saddened me a few years ago when we got in the Premier League that Rangers started putting barriers up where the players are walking in through the side and stuff. And I'm thinking, that's not the QPR we grew up with. And you know no, that. No, it, 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 it had changed. When I went back coaching, it, it wasn't the, the homely... Everyone knew each other, everyone, all the staff, you know, anyone from the groundsman to the lady in the ticket office. And, uh, you know, even now, if I go back, some of them are still there. And it, the whole club, it was just so united. And uh, I think when you've got, you know, especially a team like that, you know, you're hard to beat, even though you might not be the best. Exactly. And especially with Daphne running the team as well. <laughs> Who, Daphne? Yeah, dear old Daphne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was a she was a good old girl, definitely. She went everywhere. Amazing woman as well, wasn't she? She wasn't. Fr- yeah. she, she would let rip at you, tell you when you were, if you misbehave in the supporters' clothes. I could tell you. Really? Oh, not that I ever did. Obviously, <laughs> I'm, I'm a very 
quiet little lad from Belfast. I would never do such things. Actually, funny enough, it was, it was Macca that made me a QPR fan, so... Oh, was it? Yeah. Did he, went... he, did he ever get you in the centenary bar after games? Sometimes we never got out there till half past seven. No, no, no. <laughs> he, his, what was his, his brother used to collect from us um, years ago. He brought me a programme when Ian Stewart, Macca, and a guy called Fullerton signed. Simon. Yeah, and I thought, you yeah, know what? he was apprentice with me, Simon. Yeah, and I thought, you know what? He went to my school. I'll be a QPR fan. 92 yeah. other clubs I had a choice of. Anyway... Um, I don't regret it. You started it's a, off well, though, didn't you? It wasn't bad. It, <laughs> it wasn't bad, to be fair, but what a legend. Listen, Warren, please come into the studio sometime. We'll have a proper chinwag and have you in the studio because you've been an absolute pleasure on the on the podcast, and I, I can't thank you enough. And, no problem. My pleasure, mate. And the memories that you guys gave us, bombing down there on wings, I'm sorry about the pitch in your back, but you made, <laughs> you made us very happy, man. And... Um, Hopefully we'll see you back at Rangers soon and um, I, I will definitely come down and have a pint with you one day and share some memories. Okay, thanks very much and have a great Christmas, all of you. And you, big Tom man. Cheers, Look Warren. after yourself. Thanks, Warren. Cheers, Warren. Bye. 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 Now, you see, as I unplug the phone, I kind of find myself drifting back to the young kid that first started watching Rangers. People like him made you watch Rangers because what an amazing character. What... What stories and, and the camera? Oh, just uh, that 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 takes me back. Sorry, but I'm having a moment. Yeah, misty-eyed over there. I am very misty-eyed, um, and um, I'm not ashamed of it either because it's it's very different for guys. I always say this: when you're born over here, and you can see Loftus Road, and you go there, when you come over from Ireland, like myself and our engineer did, um, and you support Rangers, there's something beautiful about that walk down South Africa Road for the first time. There's something beautiful about being, seeing the law for the first time because you see it in TV, to actually stand there. And sometimes when I sit in my head in my hands on South Africa Road, shouting obscenities at everyone, I forget the young lad that came over here who, who, who didn't care if he won, lost or draw. It was mm. just so nice to watch them damn hoops. And but I'm, I'm going to try and remember that sometimes. It's kind of funny because I remember myself at that time I was I started going. My first season to get in, I was... 13 I think Jesus. 25 quid for a season ticket oh. and me and my mate we used to get there at midday and stand outside the back of the loft really so we could be the first ones in to stand right behind the goal so if you see any old YouTube that's fantastic of goal, of goal scored around that time there's a we were a little we used to stand flat, in the middle as well flat like. top haircut standing at the back oh, uh, at the front there but um, but I remember just talking about where we are now but I remember we we had a run on hours manager and we were so ravaged by injuries and we lost a similar thing oh, I think we lost 9 out of 10 mm. and we had we had to keep bringing Gus Caesar on loan because we had no centre halves and David Barsley was playing centre back and and we got through it at Christmas I think we, we we might have won away at Derby or somewhere like that but I don't ever remember there being this kind of angst and this kind of it was different do you know what I mean as I go just saying like you know this sort of thing. do you think it's a bit more about now like how how the world is now rather absolutely. than absolutely because you can like I've come off Twitter not that my four followers cared but like you can like you can be constantly bombarded and fed with information or find information that you need whereas then you probably picked up the news two or three times yeah. a week or looked on CFAX exactly. or whatever and then went to the game and made up your mind well, I, um, you used, I used to go on club call and you go on club call and you used to look at the 
uh, what was the little paper? The Paddington Mercury and all that malarkey. And you, you he find, was it, yeah. It was yeah, it. And, well, I was in, I was in Notting Hill, so we, we used to get that. So you kind of fell out, and then they did that thing that free newspaper back at uh, Beat Around the Bush. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, yeah, and, and things like that. that was, I remember that. I remember seeing that in the, in the, in the news agents for the first time ever, and it brought. But, God knows how many copies because I, I used all the posters up to, to cover my whole world wallpaper that my mum put up. God bless you, mum, but you shouldn't have put that wallpaper up. It's disgusting. So it was like <laughs> she probably thought that about the paper. Paul. QPR, the Smiths, <laughs> and Claire Grogan were all over the place. Anyway, listen, we're, we're going to wrap up soon. But one thing we have to talk about because there's been a lot of talk about it in the debate is Les Ferdinand rule the club because a lot of fans are a little bit confused to what actually his rules doing. Is he doing a good job? Is he above criticism because he's a legend? Ian, what do you think? I don't think anyone should ever be above criticism, but I do think that Les is doing a good job. I think the role he's got is a ridiculously tough job because he was starting from base zero. People don't, either they may realise, they may not realise, the infrastructure of our football club was non-existent during from the Neil Warnock time because it, the money came in, what, 10 years ago? And it was like putting a lovely roof on the top of your house and not worrying about foundations. Foundations, yeah. You know, I remember, you know, something basic. They put a big splash on the front of the website that we, we'd appointed a scout in Ireland. <laughs> Clubs in League One and League Two have scouts in Ireland. You know, we had a scout in Ireland. We had a, you know, a person at the time running the club who was, you know, signing players through agents. That's how we signed our players. We had no scouting system. We had nothing. So that Pal- Palladini? Yeah. So when we had, you know... Warnock come in and got promoted so money was being thrown at the team and you think money had been paid to Rowan Vine Mikel Edgewood all these guys money was being spent nothing was being filtered down and so the role they'll, of be, Steve, they'll be in the Forever Arms so, Club in a couple so of weeks the, the role of Steve Gallen should never be missed you know for no, because not. he was dealing with a fraction of the resources that they've got now you know and players like Dino were coming through and he the best he could with what he had and you know basically compared to what clubs like Fulham Charlton um, other clubs around London, our, our, our youth system and our Southampton, scouting, Southampton, all these Norwich, clubs, Norwich, everyone, in, these so, are clubs that are similar yeah, size. So really, to us. but they've had like you know, I mean, Southampton were prevented from going out of business because they sold um, Theo Walcott and Alex Oxlade Chamberlain to Arsenal for twenty million quid. That allowed them then to kind of to develop an administration. They rebuilt. They bought Ricky Lambert, and they come up. And whereas when we've got money from Sterling, it's to stop us from owing more money. Yeah, that's how that's been funded. But that's basically how it's been funded. So what? So back to what I'm saying. The role is of starting again, and it's so what small, is it's, it's small steps. It's small steps, and every time we lose, it's Les's fault. Every time you know the role of a director of football is to. It's not just about buying players, and mm-hmm. it's about facilitating that, but also looking at who's the scouts are, what youth team coaches we've got. All the other stuff. I think he's. I think he's got such a hard job, um, and funnily enough, it would have been a lot easier if he'd never played for QPR. In, in in a weird way, because he's sort of on a hiding to nothing. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, for me, if he doesn't but, but people, succeed, yeah, but people um, don't really understand what the director of football does. They just, very true. It's, it's, it's just so what is it? Director of football. It's the director of football. So the whole football side of the club. You know, isn't just about the first team. It's the about ethos. Who we sign for the first team? What, who we've got scouting for us? Who the youth team? Who, who's coaching the under levers? Who's coaching this? That's that's. Is the other question? Should it have been Les? Is that a classic QPR thing? Appointing a QPR person? Not, not should really, it have had someone that no, has been a director of football? Because we've before? had that before. We haven't. We, we wanted people that are QPR people in the club. People. We've had academy directors and this and that that have got no affinity to the football club whatsoever. They're in it for themselves. 
you know, Les has come in, he knows the club, he understands the club. It's a moot point whether or not he had the runs on the board to be there in the first place. But yeah, he's been there, what, two and a half, three years now? Things are infinitely better than they were. Infinitely better. I, I agree. But, but, you're not not gonna, you're, you're, have... but you're not going to see the fruits of those labours for another seven, eight years. No. The, the I, thing, but, I mean, the youth team got tanked in the FA Cup this week, which wasn't good, which doesn't help. So the football, I would say... Whether it's Les doing it, whether it's my mum doing it, it needs to improve, regardless. And it, but it's, but it's, the results that you've seen don't, don't really matter. It's about what comes through. Norwich won the FA Youth Cup four years ago. None of those players are playing yeah, for the first you, team. You, 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 yeah, there's not that many class of ninety twos around. But then that's that's down to the way modern football is. But the same time is that winning's a great habit to get in any football club. Oh, abso- any absolutely. But so the twenty the twenty threes have been winning games. And as a result of that, those players are now being on loan, are loaned out to the league. We couldn't. How many players? Five, we got? Six years ago, we couldn't loan out players to anyone. No one. How many? How many players we got in loan? Well, um, there's Comley, there's um, Ezzy, the lad at Wickham, there's Wickham. A, a few Ingram's at Northampton. Then, yeah. Ingram's at Northampton. But that's the first. Is, a, is, Prohu, is Prohuli at uh, Port Vale? Was that last year? I can't remember. You know. Um, um, you know. But I mean, again, it's another thing of my. This, the boy bought from Blackpool. Is he any better than Shadipo? Why Shadipo just been bombed out? I, should I it, should, he, yeah. I he well last year. Fair point. The reason why I ask is because I'm just going through it all. If there is a plan, um, we need... If, I just think everyone needs to buck their ideas up and work together. I mean, they're backbiting and it's, is it his fault? Is it that fault? And I will say it as well. I think Les suffered a lot from people judging him by the colour of his skin. Whether people like that or not, I'm going to say it because I read some ridiculous things about appointments being based on colour, which is stupid. And it's I, absolutely ludicrous. Of course it is, yeah. And it's no different to Neil Warnock bringing in Mick Jones and Ronnie Jepson because it was mates from the North. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's, it shouldn't even be discussed. I mean, if we're going to, you know, it's, 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 it's basic, like, basic ignorance. The fact of the matter is, we went on next three games, no one's talking about it. That's true. And I think what you, what to Ian, what you're saying, like, you know, Lee and Les, Lee and Les are trying to, Lee and Les are trying to deal with problems that have existed at QPR for mm. 25 years, really. You know, sort of ever since since ninety seven, really, since we went down training ground, trying to sort out the stadium, trying to sort out the scouting. It's not gonna. It's gonna take long. It's gonna take half that time. you look at Burnley now. How long has this Burnley plan been in place? You know, Southampton takes time. You, you can you can kill a progress of a club in a season, but, but also you, it takes you ten years to, to build a club to where you want to be. Tottenham, yeah. Tottenham, for example, completely different club to us, much bigger. The fruits of that, what they started in 2000 is starting to pay off now. And your youth system isn't just about players coming through, it's about who you sell on. So stay up, buy Ian Holloway, and then, uh, I don't mean buy in thanks Ian Holloway, it's been great, um, and then get someone else a bit more progressive. No, Possibly. no, like we'll probably get Tim Sherwood. Silence. Possibly. Let's oh. just get through this Christmas period. and uh, Reasons uh, to be cheerful, not reasons to be fearful. Do you like that? In the end of the day, we've lost... Five of the last six, and really that should be six from six because we've got a fortunate point against Brentford. We fluked that. Anyway, we're going to move on to the R's end and predictions because we're fastly running out of the commuter time that David always tells about. These people are heading towards Blackfriars Station, Paddington oh. Station, Marleybone Station. We have to wrap up. These are for the drivers. They're stuck in traffic. <laughs> like, like me, don't talk to me about traffic this week. I have yeah, lost. If anyone in London can get to work in under an hour, they're doing really well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> R's end. Have you made any notes or anything you want to get rid of while you're here? Offend some spleen? Um, no, not really. Oh, well, Birmingham have the worst offence. Offence? Offence. Are they really offensive? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, they had a 24th 
in terms of the amount of goals that they've scored, which I think Ian mentioned earlier. They've only scored 10, so that's something positive. This is your R's end. Um, we're doing the, we're doing the uh, so after that. I'm, oh, what? The R's end? Yes, please. Oh, okay, the R's end. Oh, I'll try and be more cheerful. When? Now. Go on then. Hey, we're going to win. There yeah. you go. I've done it all in one go, Paul. Thank you. And then we'll come back and do the predictions in a minute. Yeah, fine. R's end, Ian. <laughs> Uh, sadly, I, I generally don't know. No, 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 we're getting this all mixed up. This is going to be wrong. Right. Fraser's going to kill me for this. We do the R's end, and then we're doing all the right. right? Sorry, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Crack on. You wee shade. Um, not much I can add, really, to what I already said. Um, it's a big couple of weeks coming up. Um, well, for some... We need to stop playing are. better and win a few games, because... If not, we're going to have plenty more people want to slash their wrists. And but um, I don't know. It's I don't think we're far away. Honestly, I don't. I think we we have got some good players. I think Freeman's as good as there are in the. Oh, that's a that question. Is. Thank um, God we got him. You know, Luongo and Scow are three two excellent players. Uh, you know, a little bit of luck. One if someone's asked. That's what we need. But just everyone's just got a kind of. It's, it's hard to say. Be patient when you've lost. Five out of six, and people quite right. It's a results business. Managers are under pressure when teams not winning, but it's December. If it was April when we were in this position, then I'd be more worried. Well, that's a definite book for the podcast in April. Um, <laughs> that's that one made. If we I, see, I don't. My R's end is basically. I, I get quite sad by watching people around me who now just accept defeat. It's, it's something that we've become accustomed to in the last years, which isn't really Ian Bertram's or Fleming's fault. It's just we've suffered from a, a fatigue of losing too much and redding up in Hughes. Good to see Hughes doing well at Stoke. <laughs> we did warn you. Um, and things like that. And, and it'd be nice if the club did get back in the foot. But I just, I do worry about the lack of empty, other, other, sorry, the lack of fans and the empty seats. The lower loft is incredibly daft now at match days. It's not only night games now, it's, it's empty, it's, it's getting silly. And I worry that future generations will not see the QPR that we grew up with, which was given it a go, which would go out and win games, and everyone's yeah. kind of getting a wee bit depressed. That said, hopefully that won't happen. The way support's dwindled in a wee bit as well. So 10 quid on Saturday to Birmingham, it's not a bad, cheap, a good deal. cheap travel, go from Marleybone <laughs> to Houston, it's not that expensive. Um, just get down there on Saturday, back the lads as much as you can, because you never know, we turn this game around, we can then get some against us, which... And then we got Millwall. I just think that could be a wee bit of a interesting game for our management duo. That one, I tell you what, I wouldn't fancy being a nut dog. And Bristol as well, right? Bristol, Bristol, Bristol's kind of one of them games that you just know that the you know you definitely won't leave early in that game because someone will score. Um, you know, we score late, they score late, so I could be seventy nine minutes of rubbish, mm. and then the last ten minutes it was waiting for a goal. Chaos, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, predictions. I'm going to ask James for his prediction in Birmingham, even though you've kind of already given it. I want to score. I want to feel in how they think the game's going to go. Okay, I think it's going to be uh, a humdrum affair. Uh, there's not a lot of quality in both of those teams. Uh, and my head says it will. It could be a nil-nil. QPR might scrape it because Birmingham are really bad. Uh, my heart says we'll we'll get a nice, comfortable away win for a change because we do one. Because when was the last one? February Birmingham. So it's got to happen. You know, a, a clock. Uh, what's a watch is right twice a day. You know. So hopefully that will be that will be on Saturday. Well, interesting. Thank you, Ian. I generally don't know. I've usually got a reasonable gauge on the Rangers whether they'll win or lose. I. I I don't know. 
We, 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 are, we are due an away win. We've got to win away from home at some, some point. stage. It's got to happen. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take this moment to nick one 1-0. One Ned Manua scrambled two yards out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I think it'll be a draw Saturday, personally, because I've seen them and I've seen us and neither can score goals, but it could be decided by a penalty. And let's just hope that we don't get that one that Palace had last week. I find hilarious. Or a howler. Someone making a massive mistake. Yeah, or comes off a shit. But I do think that if we can get a win on Saturday, which is doable, because they hate their manager. They absolutely hate him. They want him out. We're doing him a favour. Well, I got that. Who did we beat the other year? Uh, Or lose to, sorry. And I thought they were going to kill us, because they obviously... Oh, yeah, Ipswich at that time, they want McCarthy out. And we lost. Honestly, the frigging daggers were getting in the pub after that game. They were livid so it's not just our fans that sometimes are a bit unreasonable with managers I think a lot of teams are and, that, and that's one thing I will say I love our fans I think our fans are great I think we get a lot of stick um, obviously not everyone's a great human being but if, if, if we can just keep back in this club keep going with it you heard what Warren Neal said that's the QPR we love that's what we grew up with unfortunately it was ruined by ridiculously overspending in the Premier League and getting nowhere and we're still with FFP getting that in the, in the net we're still paying for that aren't we exactly as so, well as other problems yeah. so we've got bigger problems but I really really would love to see three points on Saturday we can come back here on Monday and we can all be Christmassy ho 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 and merrily along the way towards beating Bristol City Right, we're going to wrap this show up, and I seriously, guys, I've enjoyed tonight. I don't know how everyone else would enjoy it when they listen to it, but I really enjoyed the crack we had tonight because we thought it was a full, open, and honest, and done in a spectacular style. So, <laughs> can we do that on Twitter, please? Without calling each other names, abusing of each other, just feel the love, love the hoops, and be nice to each other. It's ruddy Christmas. Get to Birmingham if you can on Saturday. Cheer the lads on. Thank you for listening to Open All Lives. We appreciate your time. Thank you guys for turning up. Appreciate it. You are indeed. UPR, UPR, Rangers are on the